Chimeric antigen receptor, or CAR T-cells, were recently approved by the FDA, and they're poised to enter the practice of medicine for the treatment of leukemia and lymphoma. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Carl June from the Center for Cellular Immunotherapies at the University of Pennsylvania's Perlman School of Medicine. Dr. June has co-authored the Frontiers in Medicine article about chimeric antigen receptor therapy. Dr. June, what's the role of CAR T-cells in the salvage treatment of hematologic cancers? Thank you, Steve, for asking. As of this date in 2018, there are two approved indications for C19-directed CAR T-cells. So the first is in pediatric pre-B-cell ALL, and the specific indication for this, which is called Camriya, is for uh, age 3 to 25 for patients with at least twice relapsed leukemia. The second indication now, and more recent, is diffuse large B-cell lymphoma and approved for therapy both by Kite Therapeutics and Novartis as well. And again, this is in refractory relapsed populations, similar to the leukemia indication. So what about solid tumors? What challenges have been found in using CAR T-cells in management there? Okay, so step back and say there are basically two flavors of engineered T-cells. So and when I mean engineered, I mean manipulated so that they're not natural or endogenous T-cells. And one approach is to use T-cell receptors, which are HLA restricted, meaning they have to come from a patient with the same HLA type as a T-cell receptor. Now, those are in advanced testing by GlaxoSmithKline and a small biotech named Adaptimmune for a rare form of sarcoma, soft tissue sarcoma called synovial cell sarcoma. And the patient has to be HLA-2 positive. And the data looks very promising. And solid tumors, you have to remember, really were first treated with tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes, or TIL, where a patient with metastatic melanoma has surgically resected tissue and then the lymphocytes grown in laboratory and infused back to the patient. And there have been many reports that a 50% response rate happens. So solid tumors respond to engineered T-cells, but specifically to your question about CAR T-cells, they have not yet had reproducible responses. There has been toxicity, but not the kind of striking responses we've seen in hematologic malignancies. So that remains an active area of research. Cancer cells are known to develop resistance to targeted treatment. Is there an opportunity for CAR T-cell therapy itself to evolve over the course of treatment to target the cellular adaptations in tumors? That's a great question. So these engineered T-cells, from our own studies and others in the field, we know can persist in patients and retain function for more than a decade. So we have our first patients treated with chronic lymphocytic leukemia that were published in the New England Journal in 2011 still have circulating CAR T-cells that are functional, and meaning they still target, when we re-isolate them from the patients, they still target leukemia cells as they did when they were infused. But then the question is, is as you're asked, can they evolve with the tumor in a way and stay maybe one step ahead as tumors develop resistance? There is no good data for that at this point in leukemia, but that may be because most leukemias don't have many mutations to make so-called neoantigens, where the mutations and non-synonymous variations in in the DNA sequence actually create new antigens. That's common in solid tumors. And in leukemia, it's usually just a few gatekeeper mutations is sufficient to trigger the disease. So you would not expect really to see this in the hematologic malignancies. And in solid tumors, such as 
non-small cell lung cancer and melanoma, there is very definite evidence that this kind of spreading, it's called epitope spreading, can occur and that the initial immune response then can then evolve as the tumor does and then maintain an anti-tumor effect. We have some very early data that that can happen in actually pancreatic cancer, where we've just reported six patients treated with a CAR T-cell for pancreatic cancer, and we have some evidence that there was epitope spreading to other antigens in those patients. So the clinical benefit's been impressive, but CAR T-cell therapy has also been associated with some serious toxicity. Is that being addressed? Are measures to reduce that toxicity being taken? Yes, and I think the field's moving very fast on that, especially when you look in the context of decades of some of the toxicities with cytotoxic chemotherapy, and it's been a very hard nut to crack, if you will, with very little progress in some aspects. And in the case of CAR T cells, so far, what we know is that the side effects, and they both have black box warnings for cytokine release syndrome and neurologic side effects. Both are reversible, and interestingly, the cytokine release syndrome is shown by multiple groups, including my co-author, uh, Dr. Sadelin at Memorial Sloan Kettering, is related to the tumor burden at the time the patient's treated. So quite simply, if you look at the number of blast cells in the leukemia, a highly packed bone marrow with advanced leukemia, those patients have a much higher incidence of cytokine release syndrome than patients who have low tumor burden at the time of treatment. So tumor burden can predict, but it's turned out it's been quite manageable with a graded system to treat cytokine release syndrome. And both the Kite product and the Novartis product were co-labeled with tocilizumab, which is an antibody that blocks IL-6 receptor signaling. And that usually is a very effective management for cytokine release syndrome. As you said, CAR T-cell therapy is a new modality. What can you say about the scalability of it and the cost of it to a patient? So clearly, this is a very different approach than the pharmaceutical industry has ever taken on before, where, I mean, we talk about personalized medicine, but this is actually from the patient's own immune system. And that presents a number of logistical challenges, as well as the financial challenge of manufacturing on an individual basis, which is more expensive, and not on the standard pharmaceutical model, where they make one large batch and show that it meets FDA criteria. In this case, each individual patient who's treated needs to have individual FDA approval of that particular infusion product. So the only example really in medicine, I think, where we have this is bone marrow transplant, where stem cells are given, but given on a personalized basis, but that never became FDA approved. Stem cell, as you know, transplantation entered the practice of medicine without FDA oversight. So CAR T cells require FDA approval, and the one-by-one manufacturing is expensive and much more than batch manufacturing would be. There is some hope of so-called universal CAR cells where they could be off the shelf, if you will, and either derive from healthy donor or sources such as cord blood or even cells such as induced pluripotent stem cells. And in that case, they could be manufactured more in a conventional manner in large batches and the price of manufacturing would go down and then hopefully the cost of the actual treatment. So in addition to that avenue, what do you see as the future direction for CAR T-cells and what research is needed to make the field move forward? I think one aspect is what we just touched on, which is the manufacturing sciences. Till now, there's been really no need to have a mass research into efficiently manufacturing human T-cells. So really what we have now is a new form of transfusion medicine. And that was revolutionized, as you know, with red cells when Landsteiner figured out 
the ABO system and how to type. And then we could find actually universal blood donors and the Red Cross system and individual transfusions became possible as well as many other forms that we have these days. I think we're in a very early days now where the manufacturing really is the first generation system and it will necessarily need to become automated. So if we had Rather than these more smaller patient populations of hemolytic malignancies, if we had this in very large populations, such as breast or colorectal or lung cancer, the current manufacturing would not be able to meet the need because they're done on a one-by-one basis with the intervention of highly trained technicians and scientists. So this needs to become automated and done by robotics, and that's probably the major challenge that needs to happen. Then the other area we've touched briefly on is how and what needs to be done so that this can be worked, used as a modality for solid cancers. And I think there it will be likely that CAR T-cells will be combined with other either targeted agents or checkpoint modulating agents such as anti-PD-1 or PDL one And we'll see progress in that in the next several years, I'm quite confident. Thank you, Dr. June.